Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for All right, welcome to Chalkin' Giants player profile projections. Doing two players today, as we do in all of these mini episodes. We got episodes every single day, every single weekday, up until we got game day, baby. And today we got BJ Hill and John Halapio. But first of all, I'm Bobby Skinner, as someone called me. I'm making that joke the second time because I sneezed 30 seconds into our, our, our first try at this. But I'm here with Danny, Danny Boy King, Danny King. Danny, how you doing? Excited to get into these two cats. You you really liked that line, didn't you? The someone called me Skinner line. And, and it really, I didn't even plan it. It just came to me twice. Like, I didn't plan to say that either time. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you got a line, you got to roll with it. But I'm doing good. And, yes, this is a second episode of the player profile break. Projection? Is that it? Yeah, PPP, as some people would call it. Not JPP, PPP. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the show, and I forgot the name of it. So, yes, Player Profile Projections, episode number two. Going to be a good one. Yeah, so let's get right into it. We'll start with BJ Hill, the defensive player. BJ Hill's coming in the year two, and we have really high expectations out of, out of him. He had a really good rookie year. He had five and a half sacks as, as a defensive tackle spot. Six of tackles for a loss. Um, he had, you know, 48 total tackles on the season, 32 of which were solo, 16 assisted. And I know that we expect a lot out of Dexter Lawrence. And, like, Dalvin Thomason is a guy that we both like. But I think B.J. Hill is the guy that we really just – or at least for me, I have a lot of trust for on this defensive line. And I, I, I'm just really excited to see how they use him. I think they can use him on all three downs and nickel and base, and we'll talk about how they'll use him. But I, I just think he's a guy that we're going to get used to seeing on the field a lot and making plays for the Giants' defense. No, yeah, obviously. First off, what a draft class 2018 was. So many quality guys came out from that class. It's B.J. Hill being one of them. And as you said, he's, we have big hopes for him. And, I mean, rightfully so. He proved he can be an NFL-quality defensive lineman. And, yeah, I expect him to be used all three downs. I expect him to be a focal point of this defense. He needs to be a force on that defensive line with not the most prettiest line out there in the NFL. So, B.J. Hill, big year – not a big year ahead, but big expectations are ahead for him. Yeah, I mean, he's six foot three, 310 pounds, and he got used at defensive end, and I think we'll see him there. I mean, he was huge for the defense as a rookie, and this is a team that had Damon Harrison on it for the first half of the season and Dalvin Thomason, who a lot was expected out of, and Olivier Vernon as a pass rusher. I know he missed some games, but uh, on the guys who played on that front line, you know, so I'm counting outside linebackers and defensive linemen, 
He had the second most snaps on the team, only to Olivier Vernon. Olivier Vernon had 60% of the snaps. And then B.J. Hill, with 642 snaps, was on the field 58% of the time on the defense. This was a third-round pick defensive tackle, like I said, with a team that had Damon Harrison and Dalvin Tomlinson already set to play. Um, you know, and, and Snacks, you know, obviously he was gone for half the season, but he played 22% of the time. And I think it, we can really look at how they used him with Snacks on the field, and that's how we'll see him probably use this year because I think Damon, or Dexter Lawrence will take that role. And he was really good in that. I know his best game was against Chicago, which we'll talk about a little bit. But, yeah, he's he was a big part of the defense last year, and the defense wasn't anything to write home about. But he was – I think he was like the – like, if you just look at the defense as a whole last year, you know, safety, there was nobody, you know, really special. Landon Collins was good, but, you know, he wasn't, you know, as expected, you know, you know after he, you know, finished second in defensive player of the year a couple of years prior. Uh, corner, there was nobody to write home about. Uh, Vernon, obviously, we know that whole situation. Middle linebacker, Ogletree was the leader of the team, but, you know, who was like, man, Ogletree, really great, love this guy. I think B.J. Hill might be the most – like well like guy maybe with Lorenzo Carter by the fan base on the defense that's that's returning at least no yeah that's a hundred percent true they were both bright spots on a defense that had its struggles as you said Olivier Vernon obviously he's gonna he was gonna be the one with the most snaps on the team because one as you said snacks got traded and Olivier Vernon was believed to be that um I forgot his name Chandler Jones of the Giants that's what he was to the Cardinals, that's what James Betcher hoped was. Obviously, it didn't turn out to be that way. So, yeah, B.J. Hill, he, he is a fan favorite. Many people that I know that are Giants fans love B.J. Hill. And how can you not? As you said, he had five and a half sacks. Yes, three of them came against Chicago. But that's still five and a half sacks. That's more than some players had this whole season. And he, he was a rookie, and he didn't start every single game. He, I, I, don't, I don't know how many games he started off the top Twelve. of my head. Twelve, thank you. He 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 made an impact for this defense, and that's why he's going to have to make that same impact again this year. Because as I said, we don't have the prettiest defensive line. You got Marcus Golden, uh, Dallas Thompson. Uh, we don't know what he really is yet. This will be a really big year for him as well, but we'll get into that at a later date. Then you got Olsen, Pierre, Pierre, O'Shane Ximenez. He's still a rookie, obviously. So B.J. Hill, he's going to have to be a leader on this offensive line, uh, defensive line. And it's only a second year, so big expectations. Yeah, and let's talk about how they expect to use him. Now, he lines up mostly on the guard as a three technique or a two eye, but, but essentially just lines up on the guard, and that's where we that's where we will see him the most because nickel is essentially the base coverage now, and nickel is when you have three corners on the field, and with in today's NFL, that is what you'll be in most of the time, and so it'll be probably a rotating cast between himself, Lawrence, and Dalvin Thomason. I think Dalvin Thomason will be the odd man out more times than not in that, but that, but Hill will be used as the guard. But when they all when they all three of those guys are on the field, which we will see, you know, forty percent of the time most likely, he'll probably line up on the tackle. And we saw that when Damon Harrison was on the team, that they had BJ Hill uh, uh, on the tackle. Now it was usually to the tight end side, so he wasn't like he wasn't on an island, but Nonetheless, he was lined up against left tackles and right tackles. And he was really good there. Like, he, he protects his gap. And that's something I know that, that comes shows up on film, is like that doesn't show up in the stat line, is that he flows with the play really well, but he doesn't overbite, which leads for cutbacks against, like, great running backs like Saquon. So he doesn't, like, just, like, sprint at a running back at all times where, you know, like, 
human instinct is to go see ball, get ball, but he stays in his gap while forcing offensive linemen down the field and collapsing holes, but keeps himself, uh, you know, protecting himself against cutbacks. We saw that really a lot in the Chicago game. But yeah, so he's going to be lined. I don't see him being used at nose at all. But yeah, he's going to be lining up on the guard for the most time, but he's going to be on the offensive tackle a lot as well, usually to the tight end side. So, you know, that's where teams like to run is to their to their strong side. And like I said, he plays the gap really well, and he, he's going to be really big for this team in the run game and and the pass game, which we'll talk about. No, yeah, obviously, Dalvin Thompson, his natural role is nose tackle, and that's why they got they got rid of Damon Hanister for contract reasons. But also, they believe Dalvin Thompson can be the next Damian Harrison. And as you said, he's going to line up over the garden tackle most times. Hopefully, when we play Washington, they throw him against Eric Flowers. He'll probably have five and a half sacks in one game alone. Yeah. But, but <laughs> as you said, he's going to be used in a variety of different roles, but obviously, it's probably going to be mainly... Not the nose tackle, as you said, to be lined against a guard end or a tackle. Uh, what do you think will be a better matchup for him, a guard or a tackle? Um, in the past plays, he go he was really good against a tackle, but um, in in the run, I don't know. I think he's just really good against both. There really wasn't like a like a clear cut, like oh man, he's he's much better lined up. Now on a pass play, you probably don't want him on an island being your contained guy. Which he's, you know, they won't have him in. I don't see them using him as a defensive end and nickel. But yeah, I, I like that. But stats wise, I mean, what do you see coming out of him? Because he had five and a half sacks last year. And for reference, his college, in college, he had, uh, you know, one and a half one year, three and a half one, and then two. So the most sacks he had in college was three and a half, which he, you know, surpassed the NFL. Um, so while he did have five and a half sacks in his, you know, his rookie year, and we expect more playing time for him. I, I wouldn't expect him to jump up to 10, 11 sacks. But I like that that five and a half, six sacks number. And, you know, sacks aren't a tell-all uh, for defensive linemen either. You know, you can have, you know, 12 sacks and not be a good defensive player. Um, but I would expect more, he had six tackles for a loss. I would I, I would expect more than that. I, I could really see that being in the 10 to 13 range. I just think he's going to be really key. And then with a guy like Dexter, if Dexter Lawrence just comes out and balls right away, that just takes less focus off of a guy like B.J. Hill. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm expecting him probably around that six sacks number. Um, I, I want to see more tackles for losses. And then, you know, tackles, um, it's hard to say for a defensive lineman, but I'll, I'll put him around that 50 range. No, yeah, I, I expect an increase in sacks, obviously, with his playing time increased. And not, not dramatically increase in sacks, as you said, like the six, seven, maybe possibly even eight range is what, Eight's the limit. Six is more likely for uh, B.J. Hill. But as you said, if when Dexter Lawrence starts to get playing time, the attention is probably going to go to him because Dexter Lawrence is a big guy on that defensive line. You're going to have to put some. And it was his sophomore year. If the Giants get sophomore year, Derek Lawrence, Derek Lawrence, uh, Dexter Lawrence, he'll be. It will be he'll be a threat for this defense, and that'll even benefit BJ Hill just not having that much attention drawn on him. He'll get some nice one on ones, and I can see him winning many of those one on ones because, as you said, he he can beat out a guard and or a tackle. So he will benefit when Dexter Lawrence finally gets in there. But for the start, he's still going to be a threat because teams are got that game plan for him. They can't just overlook him now. Yeah, he, he's really important for this defense as a whole. Um, and like I said before, he had 642 snaps. For reference, Aaron Donald, who best defense player in the game he had 914 which was you know a 30 percent more than bj hill and 
I expect BJ Hill to go up from that 58% to a 70%. I, th- I really think he is going to be the guy that's going to be like the one who's in there on nickel. And I think they'll rotate Lawrence and Thomason more than they're going to rotate Hill out. I, I just really think they expect a lot out of Hill. And for him to be not the, I don't want to say the leader of the defensive line, but the guy they put the most trust in. And uh, Dexter Lawrence is not just a two down, uh, you know, defensive lineman. I know a lot of people have said that coming out, like, oh, this guy's not going to be on the field on third down. That's not who he is. He's not Damon Harrison. But at the same time, like, BJ Hill is probably the guy that's going to be the most versatile in the run and pass on first, second, and third down as a whole. No, PJ Hill has the speed. As you said, he 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 fights for every play. He doesn't give up. If a run back gets by him, he's still chugging up the field, believing he can get that tackle. And so he's gonna be he's gonna have to be our guy that's out the run because I said Dexter Lawrence, Dallin Thompson, big guys. They're not gonna really be able to ha- keep up with uh, a running back. So that's gonna be really BJ Hill's role to try and contain them. But as you said, he's not gonna be put on an island as much because they're gonna probably put a tight end over on him or they're just not willing to do that at the moment. Maybe that'll change the Giants, but as everyone, I, I've hammered this point, and I'm going to keep saying it, B.J. Hill, he's going to be a focal point of this defense, and he has to be with, as I said, we're, we're not the prettiest defense out there. Definitely. All right, so that's, I mean, that's all I got on him, unless you want some closing thoughts before we move on. Uh, I'm not sure if we mentioned it, but we, he had a 69.7 pro football focus grade. Uh, he had the Giants record for most sacks by a rookie in a single season with five and a half sacks uh last season i think you mentioned it but 48 total tackles six for a loss and eight qb hits so yeah bj hill big expectations that's really the key point of BJ yeah hill. that that three sack uh, game against chicago obviously like boosted his stats but it's like that but, happens for good defensive linemen i mean yeah. that was a, that was a, chicago's offensive line was pretty dang good last year i know it was against chase daniels but Two of them were just, he went out and bullied the guard. And then the third one was a coverage sack on his stunt um, where he ended up on the tackle. So, yeah, but th- the first two were just absolutely bullying. So, yeah, we expect a lot out of B.J. Hill. All right, let's take a quick break, and then we'll do John Halapio. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. Right, these player profile previews are brought to you by our presenting company, media company, John Boy Media. Check our website out, johnboymedia.com. We have all kinds of podcasts. We have the number one pod, Yankees podcast in the world. It hit number two in all of sports. It was part of my take, Talking Yanks. And then our Talking Baseball, where the same guys, John Boy and Jake, do a baseball podcast. That hit number four. So check all that stuff out. We have a Knicks podcast. We have all a history podcast, all kinds of stuff. So make sure you check it out. It's all at johnboymedia.com or you follow it on Twitter, Instagram at johnboymedia. And then now, the next player. Some of these guys got to get their head out of their ass around here. All right, the next guy we got is center John Jalapio, Jalapio, Jalapeno. I think huh. we and you decided that we were going to say his name differently. Um, I can't remember where we lined up. I, I guess I say Jalapio, so that is just a more natural one to me. I don't know if you said Jalapio. Anyways, John Jalapio, I hope huh. I'm not like butchering that and his family listens and wants to fight me. Because this guy is a fighter, man. I, I like him. The more and more I watch him, I like him. And, you know, if you look at his career path, you wouldn't expect him to be 
projected to our, be our starter setter, especially when we have a center who has a three-year contract that we gave this offseason to Spencer Pulley. He's 28 years old and he's only played, he's only started eight games in the NFL. Um, he, you know, six foot three, 317. Um, he's coming off a broken ankle. I mean, how often does a guy that has bounced around from five teams at 28 years old, a six round draft pick, coming off a broken ankle, and he's just the projected starter on a team? You don't see that very often. I mean, look at this guy's career. He was, you know, six round pick by the Patriots. Those guys usually make teams. Six round picks are usually make the team or at least the practice squad, and they just cut him outright. Didn't even bring him on the practice squad, and he was supposed to be a guard. You know, he didn't move to center till later. Then he goes and plays semi-pro, and then he's on the Broncos uh, offseason team, and then the Cardinals pick him up for a little bit. Um, then he goes semi-pro again, and then back with the Patriots. And then in 2016, the Giants pick him up, and he's been with us ever since, and that's where he's gotten his game started. You know, uh, you know, he started six in 2017, and then the two last year before breaking his ankle. Um but the more I watch this guy, before we, you know, get nerdy into his play, the more he's the kind of the guy that, yeah, he's 28 years old and has injuries and has moved around. But the more you watch him, you're like, I really like this guy. He's solid. No, yeah, and obviously you can't forget. Uh, he was a good old after his second stint with the Patriots. No other team called him after that, so he became a good old car dealer out of used car dealer shop. So. He really went from the top to the bottom, and now he's on the rise again to be the Giants' starting center. He's a regular Kurt Warner. Yeah, yeah. As you said, uh, he he had a 69.4 pro football focus grade. For the first two games of the season, he was the highest-rated Giants offensive lineman before the injury happened. And, Bob, that's a question I have for you. I, I'm not sure how well-versed you are in this question, but how does an ankle injury affect an offensive lineman? I'm not sure if you had ankle injuries. Does it have an effect on their play? I want to know about that. I mean, I never had like a serious ankle injury. You know, I, I, I actually had ankle injuries in basketball, but I mean, just, you know, think about it. You're the center. You have to snap the ball and then, and like, then be ready. That's a lot to ask. Like, it's like, people don't think about that, how much like that is important. Like the center has to call play, like call projections and then snap the ball and then make sure the biggest like freaks in the NFL, guys that are, you know, six foot three, three hundred and fifty pounds and can run four eight forties, and then just be ready to block those guys. So it's huge for him. And like he needs to be extremely healthy coming back because there is a guy like Spencer Pulley um nipping at his ankles. Um no no pun. Actually I did intend that pun. I would have said oh, his heels, totally. but I said I said his ankles. Oh, that totally. was me. Mean. Shouldn't have done that. But like I'm just really impressed with him. Like, if you just look, like, on paper, Jalapio versus Spencer Pulley, I would go Pulley. Pulley started a full season for the Chargers. Um, he has more playing time. He's locked up on a cheap three-year deal. Um, he's younger. And, like, on paper, you would want to go Pulley. But the more I watch Jalapio, I'm just really impressed with him. Um, you know, that those first two games against Dallas are, and Jacksonville, um, the Jacksonville game, I was really impressed with him going against uh, – you know, Marcel Darius and Calais Campbell moving down from time. He played really well. He holds himself really well against bull rushes. And even if he gets like a bad pop on the like the initial the initial pop from the, the nose tackle, he re-anchors himself, which is huge because a lot of times if they don't win, uh, if, a, if a center doesn't win that first like pop, then it's just done. And then he's getting taken for a swim move. And like you don't see guys don't even like attempt like moves on him. They just kind of like, OK, let me bull rush him and see what happens. Um, and then like he played guard in uh, 2017. I went back and watched like the Eagles game, uh, you know, that, that 34, 29 game, 
He went up against Fletcher Cox and won that battle. He won that battle against one of the best defensive tackles in the game, Fletcher Cox. Um, so, like I said, the more I watch him, the more I'm just impressed by him. Um, he like okay in the Jacksonville game, we ran this screenplay, and as an offensive lineman, that is such a hard thing to do is to get out on the edge at running at full speed and to block a DB. It is so hard. You don't know if they're going to cut you. You don't know if they're most of the time they're going to dodge you. And he comes out and um, um, and blocks Gibson really well, allowing Saquon to get like a twenty yard uh, catch on a screenplay. Uh, and I just I just think this guy really understands like what it means to be an NFL player and that this isn't this isn't just given because guys guys with that resume they're not even on a roster at 20 years old at 28 years old I mean I'm serious if you have been semi-pro you've bounced around on five teams and you were a six-round pick who got cut in his first training camp you you're not even on a rock and coming off an ankle injury you're not even on a roster roster let alone battling for a starting spot and having the favorite in that so the coaches have to love him. They have to love what they see him on film. And the the main thing is like how how healthy is that ankle going to be? And like and is 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 that going to happen again? Um, and I don't know if ankle injuries are are things that reoccur, especially when it's a broken one. But like he is really good, and I like Spencer Pulley. I do. But the more and I I, I want I actually want to want Spencer Pulley. But I, I gotta go Halapka. I think he's going to win this battle. I think he's going to win it pretty quickly in camp. My opinion on Pulley is well known. I'm a fan of Pulley. I want him to be the starting center, but I, I can see why John Jalapio will be the starting center because the coaches love him, so he has that advantage. Uh, last year, he proved to be the better starting center over his best friend, Brett Jones. And as you said, like it's not like John Jalapio is a slouch. We saw him play, and he was very good. He was able to get blocked. Like I said he's very good at stopping the bull rush, and he's a very talented guy he can go play guard if need be and he can play center obviously center is his better position but if we needed him to he could play guard so he's a very i can't think of the word right now but he's a player that can play different positions and he's a guy you want on your team he's a team player and as i said i i'm repeating myself here the coaches love him so that's a big one up for him but the coaches obviously like pulley but you could tell patrick has a soft spot in his uh, heart for John Jalapio. So I'm just intrigued to see how this ankle injury has affected him, if at all. It, it will it limit his like mobility. Will he not be able to get a good plant down for the stop the bull rush? Just many questions around Jalapio. That's why we need to see some contact to see how this affects him. Yeah, and then like like you said, we only saw him in two games last year. But but think about his surroundings in those two games. Patrick Omeme. He was a disaster. We, you know, paid him whatever million dollars to just get off of our team. He was a disaster. He was horrible. And, you know, on the offensive line, you were like, you're as good as the guy next to you. And he played really well. And then Will Hernandez, a guy we both love and expect a lot out of this year. Will Hernandez was bad in those first two games. He got beat on inside moves. And Jalapio was still solid. Like he, when he, he wore, like whenever it was a double team, it worked. Um, and I know we're talking about a lot, a lot of his pass pro, but he's good in the run game. Um, obviously, he's mostly going to be lined up against nose tackles and then moving to the second level. But when uh, when he wasn't in there, it, you know, he's like he is the, like the much better run blocker, I think, than Pulley. Um, and and I'm not even bashing Pulley. I, I like Pulley. I've, I've come around on him. But Jalapio, I just I think he will be the starter on this team, and he it's going to be his job to lose, and I, I don't think he will. No, yeah, 
if you don't like Spencer Pulley, then I, I'm not sure why not. He was a very quality starter for the Chargers, as you said, started all 16 games. I was still surprised when I found out he got cut, and then the Giants were able to pounce on him, obviously, after waivers and all that. But they, they gave him a three-year deal, so they, they believe in him. Obviously, the Jalapio situation is different with the one-year deal. He was an exclusive rights-free agent, so basically he, he basically was coming back to the Giants no matter what. the same situation next year, so the Giants could keep paying Jalapio these kind of cheap deals and get away with it for at least another year or two. So it, that battle... Now, not many pe- most people want to see a battle at the the wide receiver position. It's going to be wide receiver number three, who's going to be running back number two. But true fans know that center is at a ported position right now, and it's it's wide open. This Pulley proved that he could be the Giants' starting center, and Jalapio, through two games, might I add, still proved that he could be a quality starting center. It's just how much does that injury affect him? And that's my concern with Jalapio. Yeah, it, it really is the most important battle in this camp uh i guess you could say remmers and wheeler but i don't even know how much of a battle that is where this one like they they, you know they signed they signed remmers to be the starter whereas jalapio and pulley it's wide open the best man will win i don't think there'll be any favorites we saw that in otas where they they rotated as the starter one day one guy to be started the next day next day the other now to talk about the pulley jalapio thing um and we could talk about this in our pulley episode. In fact, let's let's save that for that. Basically, the question I wanted to ask was: say one of our guards goes down, who who plays guard, who plays center? But let's save that for the pulley episode. But I don't I don't know if we're gonna be able to talk about pulley as much as Alapio. Um, that was a big time tease by me. Sorry, guys. Huh. Um, anything else, Danny? Before we close this out. No, no, that's the only one problem with Flappy. We don't got much on him as a center, with obviously him suffering that ankle injury. So he's more of a mystery right now. And I guess you can also that benefits us because not many teams, how can teams prepare to see what he's going to be like? Yes, it's two games, but who knows how much he's improved. He's been in the weight room all offseason, as you've seen. If you follow him on Instagram and or Twitter, uh, him and Will Hernandez have been getting buffered by the minute. So it's They just, look like just murderers row. When those two no, stand yeah. next to each other, I'm scared. it's one of the most intimidating things in the world is Jalapio and Will Hernandez staring you down, getting ready to bash your head in with a bottle of tequila. They're, they're the two guys that are like, give me your lunch money, and I'll be like, all right, I'll give you my <laughs> bank account. How about that? No, but yeah. yeah they're, you, you deserve lunch, Jalapio. You're a grown boy. You need that at a center. No, yeah, but as you said, they, they, they have a chemistry build-in, so that'll be good when they're next to each other. They'll be able to communicate well. Uh, so, as you said, it, it's a waiting game, but f- when training camp finally here now, we'll finally get the answers that we need. Yeah, so pay attention to that in the first preseason game. Really, I, I, I want to challenge the people who listen to the show. Sp- spend five plays and just look at the center position for when Jalapia was in there and then when Pulleyas, and kind of gain your judgment off that. I... I I think that is like helps us all be better fans, and that's something I've tried to learn how to do. And like I'm a former offensive lineman, but your eyes always go to the ball. But I, I want in each preseason game just pick five plays or pick, you know, yeah, pick five plays to look at Jalapio, and then pick five plays to look at Pulley, and then you can watch all the other, you can rewind if you want to, guys. Save it on your DVR. Be be film people. Have some fun. Because that's what this preseason is about. I'm excited. So, yeah, that's it for this player profile projection. Um, Unless you got anything else, Danny. No, I'm good. All right. So make sure you're subscribed. Like I said, we'll have episodes every weekday going up until game day. Binge binge listen to these. Do what you want with them. Have fun. 
we'll have our regular episodes, blah, blah, blah. And we're recording these a week out from what are happening. So I, I, I don't know. Subscribe, rate, and review. It would mean a lot. We're working hard, and we're having a lot of fun doing it. Until tomorrow, let's go Big Blue. you just heard was made using anchor ever thought about making your own podcast anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started it's a one-stop shop for recording hosting and distributing podcasts best of all it's a hundred percent free sign up now at anchor.fm slash new that's anchor.fm slash new to get started